You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the point 76 bringing us into episode number 148 of Straight to the Point. My name is Chris Hero, my guy Jay what up, what up, what up? So we got to talk about all the NBA news. We got to talk about Beal to the Suns. Porzingis now going to the Celtics. Potential moves with PG being, you know, out of L.A. Dame time, Zion. So much to talk about around the NBA, Jared. Let's start in Phoenix with Bradley Beal going from Washington to Phoenix. You know, I've called Bradley Beal many things. Loser. Rich. But loser. But Rich, so now he takes his rich contract to Phoenix to be the third member of a new super team in Phoenix, basically replacing Chris Paul with Bradley Bill. You have KD, you have Booker, you have Aiton for now, and you have Bill, and uh, that's about it. So, Jared, how does how do you how do you feel about this move that Phoenix made to to get better? I wasn't mad at it. Like, a lot of people were hating on the deal. I still, again, I saw the mainstream media call this a D for the Suns, B for the Wizards. I think that's totally wrong. I would give it a C for the Suns, D for the Wizards. Because when you look at this in totality, right? Yeah, the Suns definitely made a major move getting Bradley Bill knowing that they're hard stuck with the cap. They now have four max players. But you look at the deal, they were able to acquire Bradley Bill, get a Jordan Goodwin, a young guard, and uh, forward Isaiah Todd, they were also, and all they had to give up was Chris Paul, Landry Shamit. They they had to give up uh, multiple pick swaps, and you're hearing a handful of second round picks, which uh, I believe Shams had tweeted out saying it might be around five to six second round picks. And you know my philosophy on second round picks, Chris. They, like, no, you're, it's very hard for you to tell me you're going to get yourself a Nicole Jokic and a Draymond Green. It's so rare. So second round picks were is fluff at this point. It, it, it's cool, but they're not really great unless you turn them into something. So the Suns were able to acquire Bradley Beal. Yeah, the fit might not be as great on paper, but when you think about what Bradley Beal was before he became this high usage rate player, because going into Bradley Beal being a 30-point-per-game scorer, KD's a 30-point-per-game scorer, and Booker in the playoffs is 30 points per game, Bradley Beal was a very – he's a very efficient catch-and-shooter, 40%. If his usage rate goes down, because he, when he was at the peak of his career, he was averaging 33 to 32, but he was a 35% usage rate guy. Drop that a little bit. I think his efficiency goes up with the shooting. So now you have a guy that's probably going to give you 20 a night, but shoot around the 38% mark from the three instead of the 33 he was shooting now because he'd do a lot more dribble handoffs or he was doing a lot of pull-up threes, which I think could help this Suns team out when you talk about where they're trying to fluctuate their game. I think the recency bias of Devin Booker's assist mm-hmm. is making people believe he could be a, a point guard. I haven't seen enough. Like the sample size wasn't big enough for me to believe that the 68 assists he was getting in the two rounds of the playoffs is enough to translate to 82 games. Right. But I do believe that with Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant's going to be hurt at some point in time in the season. Devin Booker's been kind of sort of been, you've been seeing the little injuries here and there, but they haven't been really significant. This kind of helps avoid the Devin Booker real significant injury. Yeah, but here's the problem. Here's the thing though. Like you talk about injuries and you talk about these, like these things are not predictable. These things are, I mean, for most part, 
Like, you don't know when somebody's going to get hurt, if somebody's going to get hurt, you know, load management, whatever the case may be. Phoenix has no depth. None. Yeah, yeah. No. I think with this trade, you, you have to now really commit to trade so, Aiton. So, so now that's, that's the thing. You have to move Aiton. So now who do, who do you trade Aiton to that you're able to get back comparable pieces and match that money? So me, me personally, I was looking at the match the money – I feel like one of the main teams you could potentially do is the Magic, right? I like the Magic when it comes to Wendell why, Carter. Why would, the, why would the Magic trade for Aiton? So I think you have the option if you're the Magic. You're still young, but you have a, a plethora of bigs, and none of these bigs is really giving you the same capability that Aiton does have as a number one draft pick, right? The Stardom, the okay. 20 and 10. Star, gives you stardom, is, all right, stardom is a little bit of a reach. He's still it a number one draft pick. Uh, okay, was, yeah. Okay, stardom is a reach. He has yeah. the allure of being a guy that could be a star, right? That's what Ian gives you that potential. Not anymore. But he's only been leave for what, three years? Three? Like, yeah, wow, Jared. He came in with and Trey. He's oh, so yeah, he's been leave for a minute. He's been number one pick. So you still have to – now you just go on the fact of where his ceiling is. You think enough where if he's a 2010 guy, his ceiling is still relatively higher than this, potentially. You okay. put him next to Paolo Bencaro – you're hearing rumors in the free agency that the Magic are looking to go in on Fred Van Vliet. I'm not mad if you're saying, oh, let's put a team together of Fred Van Vliet, Paul Bancaro, uh, DeAndre Eaton, and we start to build a cohesive roster around these three guys where we're trying to win something instead of just continuing to play for draft picks that aren't getting them anywhere. Yeah, we like Paolo. Yeah, we like the Suggs pick. Yeah, we like this pick. And oh, we're always going to keep saying we like these picks, but at the end of the day, it's not getting them anywhere. So now you start really trying to build a cohesive roster. That helps the that helps the Suns out in a yeah, way, but is, because now they get rotational guys. Okay, so what do you give up if you're getting Aiton? What are you giving up? If, if you're the, the, the if Magic, you're Magic, what are you giving up? I'll get Wendell Carter and Marco Fultz. Okay, or maybe maybe they want to keep Fultz more, Cole Anthony or Suggs. Like you just start giving them rotational okay, guys. Fine, fine, and that makes sense for Phoenix. That yeah. on the flip side makes no sense for Orlando. Because the difference, the difference between Aiton and Wendell Carter Jr. at this point for that team is negligible. Why would I give up an extra guard to go get a guy who's making double the money that Wendell Carter is making, but not giving you double the production on a nightly basis? Wendell Carter Jr. can give you twenty and ten, especially if you put him. In, especially if you put him in Phoenix. Yes, he can. Especially if you put him in Phoenix and you put him in Aiton's position, he's giving you what Aiton's giving you. Maybe a little bit more because he's going to hustle and give you those extra things that Aiton didn't, for whatever reason, under Monty Williams. Maybe it's a Monty Williams thing. Maybe it's a you know maybe a change of scenery will help Aiton. And I understand that. But for Orlando, why am I giving up an extra piece to get a guy that's making so much more money? It doesn't make sense. I mean, again, team, I think there's going to be a team that wants Aiton. We're not, I'm not, no, I think no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that there's I mean, teams that won't want Aiton. I'm sure somebody will take a chance on, a, on Aiton. I think the Magic are one of those teams that will take the chance on because they, at the end of the day, they have the room of saying we have no max players on the well, roster. Will will they? I don't know. I mean, could they? Possibly, yes. And then, and then I think that makes this deal for Bradley Beal more worthwhile if they start filling out the roster more. Because right now, four max players to me is just – it's negligence. You're going to be over that second Ridiculous. tax. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. When you talk about this team in totality, I'm not, again, I'm not angry at the Suns. I'm not angry at the owner for saying, oh, let me go get this third star. Not a superstar, just third no, star. No, no. And let's because, go try and do something. Because here's the thing Chris Paul was done. All right. Chris yeah, Paul. He was, he's, he was over. And Chris his Paul is, you weren't winning with him. Is done. 
D-O-N-E, done, right? Aiton didn't really want to be there and probably still doesn't really want to be there. Even with Monty being gone, like, does Aiton really I mean, want to be new, there? It's, we don't it's know. new ownership completely, so it's, it's like, it's not even yeah, just but, the Monty stuff. It's the ownership, you, so you might want to stay. But you know how things are, Jared. Yeah, when, there's when whispers you, in the, when you, on the walls all the time. A, when you're in a spot that you don't want to really be in, it doesn't matter if people around it change, you still really don't want to be there. And being pushed to being now your not even the third option, but the fourth option, it's, it's a very thing. It's a hard to maximize. He ain't getting 20 and 10. He ain't getting 20 and 10 with uh, KD and no. Booker and Beal taking shots. He's not having no. it. Right now, I think the only issue the Suns we have, this is why I have this trade of the C, because the C can always get better or can get worse, is how they fill out the roster, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, I have no issue saying – I don't know where they're going to be in the playoffs, but I know what you're saying. If, if there are games where Katie misses low management, that's that's about the or injury. I have Beal and Booker can step up, right? They can right. win you a game or two. The same right. is it applies for Booker's low management, Beal and them, and it's vice versa for all those players, which helps the Suns team out because Chris Paul wasn't doing that, like you said. Chris Paul wasn't going to get you this win if you need really needed him to. If Booker goes down or if Chris Paul had gone down, this Chris Paul and Booker. We've seen enough of it where it doesn't work, and Chris Paul. Is he's getting older? The hamstrings just aren't there anymore. He's he's bounding in hamstring injury. We can't even say we can't. We don't know. You could kind of timetable this now for Chris Paul. The hamstring is going to come. It's, oh, it's just sure. how this is in his career. He's thirty nine or thirty eight, pushing thirty nine. He's a little bit older now. You can't be paying him fifteen million dollars to come off the bench for you, right? Right. I wouldn't do that. And you can't pay him fifteen million to be a starter that can barely move him down the court. It just doesn't work. Bradley Bill worked for that in this instance, and you got him on relatively cheapness. They didn't even give up really any first round picks. Like these pick swaps mean they didn't nothing. Give up, they, first of all, they gave up nothing. Okay, they gave nothing. up nothing. They gave, and that's like that's like really this like people were hating on this deal, saying it doesn't work for fit. Yeah, it doesn't work for fit. But you got these guys locked in now for what three years? In three years, you better make something work, right? That that's what you got to start thinking about Listen, long term. You, you'll know. You'll know. Within the next two years, whether or not this trade is going to Everybody's looking at this first year. Yeah, the first year, this roster's going to be trash. They just got them. But then the next year, what if teams really start wanting eight or something like that? What if they have to go into the season with eight? I don't, I don't have them going out of the I don't round. think they're going into the season with eight. I think they're. I don't think so either. But if they do. There's a, list of, there's a list of guys who will not be on teams next year, if I'm thinking. And if most I'm thinking. of them are. We've already checked off two of the boxes. Zion is one, Aiton, two. Tobias three, Beal was was one Beal of them. Was four. Porzingis was one, and now he's going. Porzingis as well. was five. Dane looked like he's staying though. That's unfortunate. It depends. It's still a question mark. It depends to, if, if 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 Portland could put something. That second it came out today we'll, we'll that they didn't. They're taking Dame out of trade talks. I don't think. I think they're taking Dame out of trade talks. Come tomorrow, which is the NBA draft. Shout out to all the players that will be getting drafted. Victor Victor Webinyama will be going number one. Brandon Miller, two. Scoot Henderson, three. Just putting it out there now. Make sure you put that bet in. But when you look at that draft, right, Chris? Just to, we're mm. going to kind of – we're talking about this more later, but for Dan's purposes, pick three. If they if they were to take a Scoot Henderson or let's say Brandon Miller doesn't go two, he goes three instead, I think that's when Dan pulls the plug. Because at the end of the day, and when I'm looking at this if Portland roster, if you're not winning with these players. I get what you. If Portland selects a player with that third pick, I think Dame has to be out. Dame's. Gone. I think Dame's gone because at the end of the day, you're not competing for a championship unless you trade that top three pick. Because that top three pick is getting you another star. It's, I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but you have a very more likelihood of getting a very good player, a star or borderline all star that could help Dame say, "Oh yeah, he could maybe help me get to the playoffs and do something." 
than a guy that's going to come in very young, very raw, because this is a raw draft class, and say, oh, I'm going to have to mold him. No, Dame's not going to mold anything. This man sat, what, this 20 is, games? This is he not sat a, 20 games. This is not a, you know, built toward the future season. No, for it's a, he just like, did that for you. He got you this, basically he got you this top three pick because he sat you 20 games and they were four spots out of the playoffs. Four spots out. Man was having a all-NBA first team all-NBA season. First team, he ended up going to third because he sat the rest of the season to help this team out after they probably begged him and said, bro, you're winning us too many games. So You're doing, you're doing too good. You, so at the end of the day, I think it's still a relative possibility Dane goes where he goes. I have no idea. But I think Dane's going to actually come tomorrow depending on how the trade trades or no trades work out. Beal's case, the Suns, they, they're at where they're at. I need to see how they fill out the roster. And if they fill out it half, I I, I wouldn't say half ass, but they, if they, they fill it out where it's just guys that you know aren't going to really get it to you or do it for you that you need them to do, oh, it's over. They're not. I don't even think they make it out the second round right now, if they, what they have together. But if they don't really fill out the roster, I don't think they really even get out the first round going forward. Because it doesn't, I don't know who they'd be matched up with to say, oh, yeah, they have the depth to compete with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's say this is the third, this is the fourth or fifth team. They could end up playing somebody like maybe the Clippers again or the Lakers or the Kings. The Kings have a nice, very complete roster, especially if you talk about the, what they might be doing in free agency. It'd be hard to say this is a team that can last you 82 games plus playoffs without the depth that we would have to see from the Suns. Yeah, they, they need to go ahead and get some depth. So I think the only way we've, we've established, the only way they'll be able to get depth is to, A, convince guys to come in on veteran minimums, which they probably can't depending on, you know, their tax situation. Yep. And Or, B, trade eight. Yeah, then, you're then, like, then you're like, what are you trading for? Blah, 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 blah. But that's kind of where we are with Phoenix. We kind of touched on Portland with the Dame situation. We both believe that in order for Phoenix, I'm sorry, in order for Portland to compete, they need to trade the third pick. There's a lot of rumors and conjecture that that third pick could be traded for Zion Williamson. You know, you put Zion in Portland, take him out of New Orleans take him away from his temptations and off-the-court stuff. Does the addition of Zion make Portland a serious contender in the West? I had a discussion with this with somebody at my job, and I'm just like, I think Dame and Zion could do some damage, depending on how Zion, depending how many games Zion plays. This is a guy that's only played about 112 games in his four careers in the NBA. One of those seasons, he did play 60 Three games. If you're telling me now that Zion will have a relatively healthy season, knowing everything that's been going on with him in this offseason already, if he was to have a healthy season, I think Dame and Zion could do something. I think they could potentially be a playoff team. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. I didn't ask. I didn't say playoff team. I said serious contender in the West because that's what Dame's staying for. We're not. He's not think, staying to just make the playoffs. I he's think any team that has the talent around Dame could be a serious contender because I've seen what Dame's done with guys that I was like, oh, this team will never make a conference finals, and they made a conference finals. So I think Dame. I'm not saying it's on the same level, but I think Dame has that dog in him, like Jimmy Butler has, where he's willing to carry guys as long as they're willing to, you know, get on the backpack, have the drive, and go with him. You know what I'm saying? As long as they're willing to do that, I think Dame has that in him to carry those dudes to a playoffs and more. That's the point that I was getting ready to make after you finished talking is, does Zion have the motivation to want to do that? Does Zion I think Zion needs a, some, a dog with him. Because at this point, no offense to CJ. It's just you don't – when you see and hear certain guys speak and talk, 
you know how these guys kind of act and this like again CJ's also playing the union thing he has to he's also one of the union stuff so he, he's always a man in the middle so he can't yeah he's committed to basketball but he can never be the mind and molding that he can really do because he has to always play the union I'm also your union rep type of thing with Zion so I think that's I, a good I think you're, reading, I think you're reading too much in, I think you also I don't know because I don't I don't think Ingram's a Here's great a, guy to be like oh yeah okay. you won't tell me what to do or give me Here's that a, Okay. That motivation. That's the okay. That's the problem with New Orleans is they had no serious star veteran, and that's what they brought CJ in for, right? But you're too far gone with Zion. You're like I said, with Zion, he's what three years in, four, four years now. in, four, only four only years in, twelve games, and you maybe one hundred sixteen, a hundred and let's say one hundred sixteen, one twelve, and one sixteen. Let's say one sixteen for the sake of argument, right? At at an average, that's what forty games a year. Yeah, if that, no, if that, if that, 38, 37, 60, yeah, because he played 60 in one season. So, like, at, on average, right? He played about like 28, 30. So, okay. He hasn't, he hasn't A, seen the floor. B, they, they pretty much let him do whatever he wanted and run wild and run amok and let it strike. No, point. But, like, they, <laughs> they let him run amok in New Orleans. His weight's out of control. He's out here doing. God knows what on allegedly on his free time. He has no he has no direction. And not direction at, like like we talked about who we're talking about with, with Memphis. Mm-hmm. Memphis has the same problem with John Morant mm-hmm. that New Orleans has with Zion. It's just that John Morant's on the court way more than Zion is. When he, yeah, Josh, Josh's cool. problem is guns. And, and Zion's problem is food and women. Two vices, all men have an issue with. It, it, okay. I mean, he's I mean, listen, I'm not against this. He's young. He's I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not hating on him for being right. Young, black, and fat, and gifted, and with the rich gifts, and with the money. Trolls are here. I'm, I'm not. Like, I'm, I'm not arguing that. Yo, if I was him, I'd probably do the same thing. Okay, with, with within reason, but. I, you get my point. Like I could, I could see myself falling for those same vices. But dog, you're not even on the court at all, at all, bro. And it's like you have to get that second max contract. Yeah, now you gonna really need it. Now oh, you nah, really nah, gonna nah. have to. Nah, you, you really gonna really, need it. You want to really get your ass on the court? Like you want to play? Which is why, again, fresh change of scenery. Let's be real. There's no shade. No, no, no. Let's hold on, Jared. I know. You, I, hold on. I don't mean to cut you off. Let's be real. New Orleans, Portland. Yeah, I'm just you saying. know, like I'm just saying. New Orleans food, Portland food. Like, oh, man, gonna lose some weight in that cold. I get like again. Some places aren't destinations you're gonna be happy with when it comes to locale, but when it comes to the ball and the grind, Zion might need a fresh change of scenery. Zion ain't, not, ain't nothing in Portland but trees. In basketball court, there's, yeah, other team, there's other teams involved. There's other teams I can see Zion getting traded to as well. I just don't. I think again, if like you're who? Like, loaded, who? like who? I can see him get traded to the Knicks. That's a team that's on his you radar put, for years. You put Zion in New York City. Team that's yeah. been asking for him for years. Like they've been pushing to try and get him. I think if they he don't, about, he about to get eight chopped cheeses the Aki way. We just saw Porzingis get traded. You're hearing about Towns. You're hearing Zion. If you're also a team like the Kings, Zion will be a very good addition. Okay, here's here's where I'll give you pushback on the Kings thing. Because why would I now 
last pod, I talked about how Denver had a cohesive unit, and, and that, that was the one thing that a lot of teams didn't have was that, you know, cohesive tight unit that knows each other, plays with each other, blah, blah, blah. Why even run the risk of disrupting that for a guy that's a relative unknown? Well, it's different if it was Bill. Like, like I know the Kings. I think it's because the Kings were allegedly in on Bill and they didn't want to give up Keegan Murray. Same with the Heat and stuff like that. Their team, it was. But that's different. Those are, like, the Heat got, the Heat, Zion, if you Zion Zion on the Heat, he ain't doing none of that nonsense, all right? He ain't. It ain't gonna happen. Like you want to do that, you're not gonna play, and you're not gonna get paid. The Kings are a relatively young team that isn't too far away from being in the position that New Orleans is in now, where it was kind of like maybe they'll break through eventually. Maybe they'll finally get. No, they they are they are established as a as a top tier team in the West. Why disrupt that chemistry by bringing in a relative unknown? Why do it? One, they need to upgrade from Harrison Barnes. I don't think they're bringing back Harrison Barnes. So you're already bringing somebody in to replace him anyway, and it's gonna the cohesion's now restarted where you have to build chemistry with this new player. The same with Beal. If you do this ahead of training camps and stuff, you give them time to mold and grow and build each other. Chemistry starts at the beginning of the season, not at the end. Your chemistry building, you have the training camps, you have the, the little you have the offseason where they get together. They do the little, you know, media outings, right? Like where you see them together talking, Drew Week, stuff like that. But for us, it's just them getting spotted. For them, it's like, oh, no, we're actually doing this. Yeah, they'd be spotted a little bit by the media, but we're trying to just really get to gel and know each other before we step onto the court together. Zion can have that same effect. It's going to be with Mobile. I mean, it's going to be with Dame. We're going to be with the Knicks. It's going to be with anybody that he was potentially get traded to if it does occur. That's the same instance. I just think now it's really just comes down to the first chain of scenery and the controversy that comes with him is – what teams are we going to take on that off the court controversy? Because it's a lot. Like it's a lot going on right now. You don't know the we don't know the full extent of it. This is stuff is stuff that yeah you're not going to get in trouble for, but it just looks bad on your organization, your franchise as a whole. It's a terrible look. Some, speaking of terrible looks, <laughs> somebody on Twitter, somebody on Twitter put, "I wish I could have been in the room when they had to explain to Gail Benson." what Zion's situation was. Oh, yeah, because he probably would have been like, I'm confused. He has a baby mother. No, sir, he does have a baby mom, but somebody else is claiming that it's not his. It's hold on, hold on. Jared. It's a lot. Gail Benson got to be like 90. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's probably had his affairs or two, Chris. He probably knows a little bit about the business. No, no, no. no. Listen. Gail Benson is a 90-year-old lady who is explaining... To Gail Benson, who Mariah Mills is. I just want to know whose job that was. You know, it's just because the assistant. They, you know, everybody oh. the assistant. <laughs> News breaks. They got to have the meeting call of the CEO, the assistant, the president, the GM, and the owner. They all got to talk. Yo, I would I would have paid good money to be a fly in the wall on that conversation. The real question is, like, how do we handle this? Well, one, you know, Twitter's now suspended her account before the sex tape leaks. Um, the, the, man, the, man tweeted out, God did. That's what he tweeted out, God did. I think he meant to say, I did. He, he meant to put, I did, when, he, when she got her account suspended. Thank you, at Elon Musk. You know, sometimes you got to have friends in high places. Gail might have put a word in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, Gail got the, listen. Tom Benson, God rest his soul. Left Gail Benson, the Saints, and the Pelicans. She got the bread. All right, she got it. So at the end of the day, 
I don't know. Zion, see, Zion's situation is more tricky to me. I don't know where he goes. Porzingis on the other hand, situation's not that. It's still tricky because the trade hasn't been finalized. Before we get into it, trade hasn't been finalized, but there is a trade out there that's looking like it's going to come to pass where, again, Boston seems to always get what they want. They will be getting Christos Porzingis, who will be going to Boston, Malcolm Brogdon will be going to L.A., and Marcus Morris in draft conversation, which I believe is the Clippers' pick 30, will be going to Washington. I tweeted this out. I was just wondering how the Washington Wizards, after giving away both Bradley Beal and Christoph Brzingis, are only going to be getting out of it as the first rounder in this draft, pick 30. That's wild to me. I think that's just shocking. Listen, I haven't seen organizational malpractice like this since the Sixers. I haven't seen or, or since, you know, they offered Bradley Beal the contract that included a no-trade clause that we didn't mention. We're getting to the new target. He still kept the no-trade clause. He still has it. So they, the Suns can't even move him because he still has the no-trade clause. It don't, it don't matter because when your agent is this your boss's father, I mean, you know. Yeah, so but Porzingis of the Celtics is a huge move. Do not only do they do one of the things we talked about during our he beat the Celtics game seven recap, where they had an abundance of guards that do the same thing in Smart, Brogdon, White, and Jalen Brown. You get you get to move off of one for a, a better big at this point in time than Al Horford, who I said was aged is aged out. And, and, better, and a better the, offensive role. big than yes. Robert Williams. And now you can either pair them up together on the court, play one small ball, either one at small ball. Horford's now your bench guy. You might end up losing Grant Williams, sure, but that's I think that's perfectly fine when you talk about the capabilities you'll have of having a guy that can, yes, rim protect. His brains is a solid rim protector. He was eighth in blocks this season. His drop coverage is pretty good. Where in the pick and roll, he's not getting mean and abused like some, some bigs are, but he's still it's tr- it's tricky waters when it comes to defense. But his shooting prowess is there. He can score at will with or without a pick and roll on his own in the post. He has the bag to do those things, and it just helps alleviate some of the pressures off of a Tatum and a Brown always do it yourself or try and have a flow. Now, now this now goes that they got the big if they want when this trade does go through. It's about finding that guard, Chris. I think this for the Celtics is about really finding that point guard. I think Smart is a two. I don't even think you have to really get rid of Smart if you don't want to, but it's about finding that point guard. Is it Chris Paul? It could be potentially in my eyes. But I think this was a good Porzingis deal. He gets, he's going to go get a sign-and-trade. He's going to go play for a competitor. Thank to, thankfully, his legs held up for 65 games a season in contract year to be able to even make this attainable for him. I hope he can stay healthy for the Celtics, but this is a good move for them. It really helps them maybe get over the hump that they've been having, the struggle they've been having. I think it definitely frees up some of their offense. You know, we talked about Horford and we talked about Williams. They aren't really – I mean, Horford is a contributor from deep, but he's not going to be able to score from the – like anywhere – it's either the paint or the three, right? Porzingis can at least score from pretty much anywhere on the court. He's seven, yep. seven foot three. He can shoot the three. He can shoot the midi. He can. He got a little bit of post move. He can. He can. You know. He can definitely contribute. The biggest thing is you get off Brogdon. Mm-hmm. You, you you free off some of this lo- this log jam, and you you kind of can get off Porzingis' contract if it don't work out. You got off Gallinari's contract also. Yeah. So you have the ability the, the ability to play J, uh, Jalen Brown, the Supermax, is still in play. Yes. So you have options. You know, it, I think the thing about this Boston trade that makes a lot of sense is you keep the option. Like, if Porzingis doesn't work out, oh, well, 
but you can still pay Jalen Brown. It's not like you're in a point now where you can't pay Jalen Brown after his contract is, uh, you know, like he's eligible for this extension. Yeah, so he's, getting that, that, he's getting that bad. So, so now they have another decision to make, if, whether it's is it sign and trade for Brown or is it are we going to be in the same situation as Phoenix is in this year where you kind of have to start trading smart and move off of Horford and move off of Williams. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think they're kind of they have to kind of see what kind of path they want to take. I think once you get once the trade really is officially finalized, unless I'm wrong and it has been officially finalized, once you get Porzingis and give him his new deal, Brown's going to get his deal. They fill out the roster from there. At the end of the day, this it, Brown's getting his deal not because of the fact that they're they're going to look to really keep him for the next five years, but it makes it easier to potentially trade off of him than letting him walk in free agency for nothing, right? You sign him to this deal, he'll have his money. You move off of him in the next year. If it does this again, if this doesn't work out, at this point you would have what five years with a Brown and Tatum. You would have seen enough with that simplifies to know this is our peak. We're a conference finals team, or we're this finals team that just can't get over the hump when it comes to winning closing games. What do we do now, right? So yes, I think guard play is going to be the real position. They got their they got their new big now. You really need an effective point guard. You need a guy that's going to be all about the facilitating. Instead of just trying to be a guy that's going to get his own shots as well as trying to sometimes facilitate with when it just comes to skip passes. And that's not that's Marcus Smart's game. He's a good defender. He'll skip pass and get you a couple of good plays here and there, but he's looking to take 15 to 16 shots a game. You need a point guy that's going to do less. And so I think now Chris Paul could be an option for the Celtics if you want to do something like that, right? Right. You can run you can run a lineup of Chris Paul, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Porzingis, if you want to do something like that. And Chris Paul, I think, would be a nice fit for them. Or you could just bring him off the bench or something. Etc. There's ways you could do that now without it bring that playmaking effect if they chose to go that route. But when it comes to bringing Porzingis, I just I like the move for the fact that when you talk about a guy that yeah he had a very I think this was a career year for him when it comes to his shooting, when it comes to just how he was scoring and playing defense effectively, and is one of the most complete seasons he's had when it comes to actually playing. Mm-hmm. Field goal percentages were up, free throws were up, drives were up. I don't, I don't think the, the drop-off is going to be as as bad as some may perceive it to be when he joins the Boston Celtics. It might actually help him a little bit more. Yes, now he'll be a third option of a second option, but it just goes to his effectiveness now. We'll see how well his shooting goes up. I think the five-and-a-half threes he would take in the season will still stay around that range, right? Like he'll still be shooting five-and-a-half or maybe six threes a game. His blocks, I think, will still be there. His productivity will still be there. I think he'll, he'll now become the third option. If, if I really think about it in hindsight, he'll be the third option. That's kind of what you want in Boston rather than Marcus Smart being your third option, right? Right. So I think I just I just like I just think it's a good trade. This is such a good trade that when I look at the Sixers, we ain't, we can't even trade the bias. Because look at the look at what's being given up for these guys. Look at what was given up for Beal. Look at what was given up for Porzingis. What what in return can the Sixers really get for Tobias Harris? What way return could we really get? Because it's not looking good. Oh, it's oh, oh! I know, what, I know what they can get. They can get the f out with all that nonsense. They can get out. They can get out, out, out. Because you look at this team; it's looking more and more like that Harden resigns. Cool. How the hell did we end up on the Sixers? Because we gotta talk about the Sixers. No, we don't. We have to. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we do not. This team deserves none of my attention. Well, the draft is here, and we're talking about buying our way. Let's talk. The draft. Let's talk about the Sixers having no picks for the rest of eternity. We have a twenty twenty four pick swap. 
Anyway, Jared, let's talk about the, the, the draft. Well, everybody knows who the first pick is. Yes, the GOAT. Hey, if, well, GOAT for France. Yes, he's their GOAT, I think. Would it be Rudy Gobert? No, Tony Parker. Tony Parker would probably be their GOAT. Okay. Let's, go pump, let's pump the brakes now on Wembenyama. Go. They love him. The fans That's, love him. They're in a frenzy. Yeah, I'm sure. I would I would too if I had something to look forward to. Not just Spurs fans, but NBA fans in general are in a frenzy for Victor. Listen, I've heard the same talk about Porzingis, and we see how Porzingis panned out. So let's pump the brakes. Let's pump the Yes, let's pump the brakes. Oh, remember oh people were people were drooling over themselves for Porzingis. I remember the man, I feel like the last time we've had a number one pick this hyped up was LeBron. Like this hyped up where they they this man could do no wrong. He's already the next coming of Kareem and Hakeem and all of them. Like that's that's the way yeah, they talk but, about him in the mainstream media. But you know the problem about draft hype? Is how many times do these guys actually live up to the hype? Very rarely. Very rarely do when we hype these guys up ungodly, do they live up to it? Thankfully, though, he'll be playing under eight. Is he? Is he going to be? Is he going to be more Tim Duncan or is he going to be more Anthony Bennett? Like you know what I mean? Like, well, he won't be Anthony Bennett. I, Pop won't allow that. Again, thank to the situation you go to sometimes, right? The basketball gods looked upon him. France and the Spurs have a great relationship. Pop is a great relationship with international players. This guy's known Pop for a long, long time. I mean, when you talk about the perfect fit, coach the team, the culture to go to, the Spurs is the perfect fit for him. He'll be the number one pick de facto. It'll work out in a sense where I'm not saying he's rookie of the year or anything like that, but he will be an all-star player within the coming years. He will be an all-NBA player. And now – Time will tell, will he be the Hall of Famer that everybody's already epitomizing him as, right? That's when the time will tell. But I already can see him coming in with a with a Greg Pop and the coaching style that he has and the way he's already trying to talk about constructing the roster where he wants to lighten the load for Victor, where he doesn't make Victor a, a dominant center and stuff like that. He wants to have another big next to him and everything in that order. It'll work out where... Victor might be able to last longer than many people think in this league against Dominic Biggs in general how seven-footers get hurt, right? Victor will be able to last. They're talking about Victor might not even play in the summer league to avoid the wear and tear in the body to cause injuries. I think he'll still play a little bit, but I, you look at this player and I, the way he's going to come in, I think this is the perfect team for him to come in too. He's, he's said it now so many times on national media that you believe him where he wants to be a spur. The Spurs wanted him. You got this match made in heaven where that kind of helps – build a number one prospect's goals of, you know, trying to achieve, right? Because some number one picks or top three picks, which is top three, don't go to the team they want to go to. They go to a team that, in all righteousness, is just so bad that they end up looking bad themselves. One instance recently is not even his fault of his own. I think Jalen Green is just in a bad situation. I think Jalen Green, yes, I, I have little fault. I have fault to know little G League Ignite players a little bit because I don't know how well they're going to translate to the NBA. But Jalen Green has, has a toolkit to be a very successful NBA player. He's done it somewhat with the Rockets. I just think if he got drafted to any other bottom-tier team but that that's actually looking forward to something in the foreseeable future, not trying to return James Harden for like the umpty of time, he'd have a even higher ceiling when it comes to where he's at in his career right now from the rookie to sophomore year, right? I just think that's one of those instances where guys – go to a situation where it just doesn't translate. Anthony Bennett, Chris just mentioned him, he didn't want to go to the Cavaliers. No offense to him. He, he said, I didn't want to go to, he didn't want to go to Ohio. He didn't want to go there. He played like he didn't want to go there. 
It's just like that's just how it is. Like I think sometimes guys talk themselves out of it and it just ruins them mentally. So I don't think Victor has that issue going in. It's the other three picks that you're just like, uh, I, I'm shaky on who's going to take who, right? Because I, I, I'm shaky on it. You hear the Hornets are really taking thinking about taking Brandon Miller. I think that's a better fit next to LaMelo. I right. do. I agree. I don't, Scoop would then be pick three. I like that. I like if that. Goes, if he goes to Portland? If he goes still, to Portland. you still like it? I like it for Portland getting a young guy in Scoop Henderson because I think they're losing game. I like it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I like it for that instance. I don't like it for Dame so Lillard. Say, but okay, Dame so Lillard is not the trailblazer GM. Let's, right? let's, bring that, let's, bring this, let's bring this back to the Dame thing. What team has a viable piece that Portland would take that would make them a contender and that also, like, would be willing to, like, pretty much what team is rebuilding and wants to get rid of their star that would take the third pick? I want to get rid of a star that'll take the third pick because it's you wouldn't trade that third pick unless you're trading it for a star. Ah, yeah, you which would. is why which is why the Zion thing kind of bubbled up because it made kind of it made sense. Oh, Zion, like right now, Zion's probably your forefront. I don't think. I mean, there's not too many other. Maybe pieces. Towns if you're the Timberwolves. Maybe Towns, but do you want to put Scoot next to Ant? I don't think they would take Scoot then. This is when okay, so what's they the, they potentially might take what? Amon Thompson? Maybe. Point guard from the overtime elite. Yeah, but if you take it if you taking a guard Oscar Thompson, maybe. If I'm the if I'm taking a guard, I'm gonna take the best guard available. And regardless of whether he's a two or a one. Then you would take Scoot and Scoot could work with Scoot. And then you would just have one of them run point. Well, no, because remember they still have Conley, so Scoot would come off the bench regardless. Like or, even or, with, or they move calmly. Even with Dame, or they like would come off the bench. He's not starting because he's not starting over Anthony Simons. I think if you're the third pick, though, you have to start him, right? Depends on where he goes. I think depends on where, it he, depends goes. where he goes. But if he goes to the Blazers and Dame's still there, he's not starting. He's coming. Yeah, off but the if bench. he goes to the Blazers and Dame's still there, that's a that's a problem. Yeah, it's a problem for Dame. It's not a problem it's for, a problem for Dame. Dame. Yeah, it's not a problem for Paul Jones. They got themselves a number three pick that's well, primed to be good. I mean, would Dame not <laughs> – it's funny because he said he'll never run from the ground. But, like, would Dame sit? Like, would Dame just no. be like, yo, I'm, I'm – I think know. Dame would ask out and they would really have to make that decision and help him get out because they're not – you're not convincing Damian Lillard. We're helping you compete for a championship. Yeah, but, like, what if, what if they don't move their feet fast enough for him? Then, like, yeah, is, I, I think he'll what sit. Is he, what is he going to do? I think he'll sit. Because Dame's what, 32? 33? The, turning 33, essentially. There's no way you're telling me getting Scoot is going to help you go into a championship where Dame's only getting older. By 34, 35, he might not even play like the way he's playing at 32, 33. Like the prime window closes for most NBA players around 33, 34. Your prime window closes. At this point, he's at the peak. Like, there's like you hate saying things like this when there's like, there's no getting better, but. There's literally, in essence, no getting better for Dame when it comes to this is the peak of how he's going to play. He's going to be a guy who can get like, this 30 is, and like, this is it. The most efficient this shooter is, he's ever going to have. This is 71 points in the game. This is, the apex, this is literally the apex of where you want Damian Lillard. Any team would want him. Yes, the money is astronomical. It's crazy. He might make $60 million a year. But he's playing at such a high level. If you want to win a championship, a lot of teams would go get Dame right now if they had a chance. Right? Like the Miami Heat want Dame. 
they're they're trying to really they they literally capped off that bill. They weren't even offering Tyler anything because they went Dame, right? If you're the Sixers, you'd probably want Dame. If you're the Nets, you want Dame. If you're the Knicks, you want Dame. If you're I, the Clippers, you want Dame. Like there's a lot of teams that would want Dame, right? So it, at this point, if you're a point trailers, how badly do you want Dame? Is the real question when it comes to this draft because at this point, Dame's basically making a Young player versus me situation. And it's right. not like I don't think he's doing it intentionally. He's just trying to win. And this, this is how badly he wants to win because he said it so many times on podcasts. He said it through Twitter. He's saying, yeah, winning's like I, it doesn't matter all that much to him because he's got his bag and he's happy for his family. He loves how his career ended up. But he's like, don't let me get a ring because you know what? He's going to talk his talk and he's ready for that. He wants that moment. He's seen this heat run and he's like, man. I want that. Like you can see that he's saying internally, he's like, I want that. So I think the Trailblazers have a very serious discussion ahead of them. Whereas like other teams don't have that issue, Chris. Like, let's, let's be fair around this draft. I think the only other team that's going to be struggling in the draft, f- for me personally, is the Dallas Mavericks. The only team I think is going to be really struggling at pick 10. Because you have to have a choice as well. Do you trade pick 10 to get you a viable piece to go around Kyrie and Luka? Who you have to re-sign Kyrie if you're the Dallas Mavericks. You've got to. Or do you get pick 10 and say, oh, we'll potentially get this prospect that can help us out? Because if you're pick 10, Cam Wilmore will potentially be available. You're hearing rumors about Derek Lively from Duke would be there. I don't think that's a bad move because we keep talking about how badly the Mavs needs a big. Well, that's a seven-foot-one big out of Duke. He was a very good player. Yeah, but are, so, you, are you in this position? Where, I mean, now that you mention it, and I know they wouldn't do it, but if Phoenix went to get off Aiton, and wanted to get some type of depth back. I mean, Dallas don't got much depth, but they got Josh Green, they got uh, Jaden Harvey, they got pieces. Yeah. I could see. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. Aiton solves a Aiton solves their biggest need, which is a big. Like Christian Wood be like all right. Christian Wood didn't work. Javale McGee didn't work. Bertans didn't work. Like they need a solid big. Aiton, who has his problems, fills that need for them as a body. Phoenix also gets whatever depth Dallas has. None. They don't have any either. I mean, but then but Dallas. I mean, you could sign, you could find guys. You could bring in G. I mean, you I'm could not, bring in G. If I'm if I'm the Mavs, I'm not helping the Suns out by giving the pick 10. I'd much rather get somebody. Not, I, Listen, give them pick 10 for Aiton. I think that's a fair trade. You could make, I mean, again, the Mavs might consider making that work. I'd much rather see them. Because there's, there's not, there. I mean, listen, maybe the pick works out, maybe it doesn't. But you, at least you know what you got in Aiton. I'd rather go get OG if I'm the Mavs. If I have to trade pick 10 for real, I'm getting OG in an OB. That band versus Kyrie and Luka would be huge. I mean, that makes sense. I, I can see that working. It's about time they decide to go get Drummond as well. Or I hear you hear rumors about Grant Williams. I don't know if that how likely that still is, but Grant, go Williams, get, Grant Williams would help some, but like, some wings. Uh, they need to go get wings again. Like that's the issue. They gave up their wing defenders for Kyrie. Time to resign Kyrie. Go get you some better wings anyway. OG huge. You know, a lot of people know how I feel about OG. Yeah, he's but, one of the best two ways in the game right now. He is. He yeah, but he's one of the best two games, two plays in the game. Like, Toronto could theoretically ask Dallas for more. Like, I need 10 and I need more. Well, I mean, pick 10 is pretty much more, and then whatever, like, they want a little filler or something, but pick 10 is literally more because if you think about where I believe the Raptors, do the Raptors even have a pick in this draft? 
I have no clue. Oh, give me one second. Yeah, I'm like, I have no idea. And see, the thing is, the idea of what we do with Aiton and what we do with, you know, this pick 10 of Ananobi, it's like, you know, I, they, I think they go, this, I, I like the fit much more if you get OG than I do with Aiton. Because at the end of the day, I just don't know what Aiton gives you, right? I, we do know what Aiton gives you. But that, what does he give you with Kyrie and Wuka? Whereas wing-wise, I just, you'd much rather have a wing that can get it. Get, he's, he's developing his own bag. Catch and shoot is there. Very locked in defensively, where that's one of the issues we struggle with Aiton as when we talk about him as a big. How locked in is he defensively? Uh, OG's locked in defensively. So I, I like that fit. Whereas, again, you're hearing the rumors about Derek Lively. I don't know how good that is. Cam Whitmore wouldn't be a bad pick. But these are, these, these are guys that are they're raw prospects. You talk about some of the, the players in this draft. It's taking to the draft conversation that you can really get if you're the Mavs, right? Like, are you, are you going to take a, a Jarese Walker if he falls to you, right? Do you take a... I can't even like. I'm really thinking like who who would they take immediately? Because Chris Murray is that's a reach to me. Bilal Colby from France, maybe like. But again, these are players that you're like. They're are, are they going to make immediate impacts to this no. average team that's going to help them back to the no playoffs? Immediate impact. Like this draft does after the top three. The top this draft three. doesn't have that. Maybe top nope. four because I do like Asar Thompson and Anthony Black. I do like both. That top five. Okay, so I five, like those. right? But not at ten where Dallas is picking. No, and then again, the um guy lively from Duke, possibly, but there's a lot of question marks. And then he's raw as well. I'm saying if I'm Dallas, if I'm their, if I'm their GM, I'm on the phone right now with Phoenix. He's got to be a lot with a lot of Listen, I know you. I know you got Aiton. I know we in the same. I know we work, but let's help each other. The same same way. There's there's a possibility. Go ahead. No, no, no. I like that new team. What if you make the same phone call with the Memphis Grizzlies? Because at this point in time, Memphis Grizzlies have an abundance of bigs that they're not really using. But Brandon they, Clark, Xavier Brandon Thomas. Clark, okay, is any of these guys worth the 10th pick? I would take... No, no, no. Is any of these guys worth the 10th pick, Jared? I think if you can finagle it where you give up the 10th pick for Steve Adams and, let's say, uh, uh, Tyus Jones, then yeah, it's worth it. Okay. And Tyus Jones makes it worth it. But then, then I'm but, like, yeah. But, but that's the thing. Why would why would Memphis now take this 10th pick and add another young guy to an already young roster? They need a veteran. They need a veteran. Because it's just like. Unless you get. Unless you teams get have ten. been finagled for less. Okay. Wizards included. Okay. I understand that, but like I'm just thinking logically here. Just make it make sense to me. As like, let's say if I'm the if I'm Memphis, I got Adams and I got Jones, right? If I'm going to trade Adams and Jones, I might as well get me a wing player like I don't know OG and a newbie. Oh, they should. Oh, they should. To replace Dylan Brooks. Oh, Mavs could go after Dylan Brooks. Mavs could go after Dylan Brooks, but not for the tenth pick. No, no, no. He's a free agent. Yeah. But, like, I'm saying if I'm Dallas and I got this 10th pick and I don't want to bring another prospect in here, where where is it Paul George? 
No, because I don't. I think you guys give him more still for Paul George. Okay. Sad to say because I don't. Because because if the thing about if the Clippers are serious about breaking up PG and Kawhi, where do I they would, go? Yeah, where do they go? Then you have to give up the tenth pick plus another future two or maybe one. Because I would give up. I would give up the first. I would give up a first this year and the first next year for Paul George. I would do that, and, and that works out perfectly. I'd rather that Nate as well. I no do that. Aiden, I just I would rather all offense to eight. Say no, but like no, no, no. offense to eight. I but I like I listen. Brandon Miller said. Brandon Miller said that Paul George is his basketball goat. Okay, and I don't, such and I don't a know, troll. And I don't know what made him say that, but that's a blatant lie. Well, his game is it's so similar. If you like when you watch some of his tapes, his game is so similar. Okay. He's copied a lot of Paul that's, George's that's, and that's fair. He should have just said he's very he's he's one of my He, he said that before. He said that Paul George's favorite player. So favorite. that's why his, his goal conversation. I'm just, not about to sit up here and lie and say that Paul <laughs> George is over LeBron. Or he Jordan, wanted, he wanted or the troll. He wanted that. He wanted the troll. Okay, you know well, well, this is what happens when you start trolling. You get, you get like because that was an awful, awful, just whatever. Terrible. But hey, man, listen, it's like that. He want to be on Paul George's podcast soon. We get it. I, oh, I get it anyway. That's the future number two overall pick. He go get his bag and play his game with Lamelo Ball. Is that a good fit with each other? Yes. Will that inevitably mean Miles Bridges might not return to the NBA? Yes, but it happens. Miles Bridges is a guy that the Mavericks should, should go find. Oh, Jesus. I don't know if any team is going to go find Miles Bridges. Go find him, and you can – if he – listen. And I don't know if never any mind, team is going to go do Because yeah, you were about to say something wild. <laughs> wild there. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think any team is going to go – Yeah, no, I had to stop myself. Let me not say that. Let me not say that. Whereas, Chris, this is one of the last things we want to talk about before this draft because there's so many like players. I, this draft is all over the place. I think it's going to be a lot of reaches. Right. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Probably. I think, I think the, the Heat might whiff and reach on the pick at 18 if they even keep that pick. If they even keep I, the Lakers have pick 17. I don't even know what they want to do with that pick at all because LeBron's on the roster. I don't even know they they even have an idea, an inkling of how they're going to utilize that pick. But <laughs> trade Toronto does have it's pick 13, Chris. Stash. So, They'll probably yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll get uh, uh Keontae George out of Baylor. I, I wouldn't be mad at that. But no, my, my issue There's, is listen, those teams like that are gonna draft guys from like Czechoslovakia and they're gonna let them sit for five years. Yeah, true, fair. My issue is the magic, right? You talk about the draft, you talk about what do teams need to build. This is Yo, why I stop, talked to you earlier about the first of all, thing. hold on, hold on. First of all, stop disrespecting my surrogate team. The magic are the magic are my kings for this year. The Magic will make the play-in in the East. No, no, I like how you said play-in. You said Kings making the playoffs. That's not, now you're going to play That's not hard to do. This, this, a, this is a bigger swing. The, the Magic aren't making anything. I just want to know what they're going to do with this pick. Grady, I don't know what they're going to do with this pick. Give me, give me Grady Dick from Kansas. Do they, do they get another wing? They, get Grady, they, they go get Grady Dick from Kansas. Stop, bro. That's a reach. They get, That's they, a huge they reach for they a top get, five. They get Grady Dick. They top, top, four, sorry, top six. And then you have the backcourt of Suggs and Dick. Suggs not even a starter. Foles is the starter. Start him. Start him just so I can get on this podcast and talk about the backcourt of Suggs and Dick. Stop. <laughs> that's, that's like, <laughs> I mean, you, you, I'm looking at mob drafts. I'm looking at a lot of mob drafts. And they're talking about Anthony Black, the point guard from Arkansas. Would makes great. sense. But then what do you, what do, you do then with, what do you do with Fultz? What do you do with Suggs? What do you do with Cole Anthony? 
They have a lot I mean, of guards. I, I can't see Michael Carter Williams anymore because Michael Carter Williams is now uh, considered a wing technically in the NBA now. Yeah, He's playing two or three. What do you do then? Do you get another wing? Because you already got what? You got, you got Ben Carroll. You got, you got Ben Carroll. You got Isaac. You got Schofield. You got, you got Houston. Arjun Hampton. Like you, got Hampton. you got a lot. You got a lot. They got you, they got pieces. You got another big because you already moved off bomb, but you go pick up a third big. You already got, you got Wendell it. Carter. You got um Bull. Bull Bull. You got uh, whoever the other big uh, is. That uh, 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 Mo Wagner. Thank you. They got they got bigs. Franz, they got Franz That's another wing. Like. They, what do you? This is why I thought they could potentially get Aiton, Chris, because you got so many guys that you don't need more. Yeah, guys. but the problem sense? is Aiton don't make that team consequentially no, better. Yeah, but and then you you can't pay all these players. Like they yeah, but they're not they're not worth all that. Aiton is the one that you're paying. Right, Aiton's but they have the, the they have the salary for get you. I feel like if you're the team, the Magic, when does it time to go all in? When? When do you? Not go now. In? They're not ready yet. No, when is when do they ever gonna be ready? Because we've been saying that, that for ten years. The pro- okay, they haven't had a group like this in ten years. Like they got the reigning rookie of the year in Van Carroll, who you can build around. They got a, a relatively young guard in Fultz. They got a relatively young guard in, in Cole Anthony. They got uh, both both Wagner's. I Bo like the Bo- one Carter. Like they I got think, pieces. I think the pieces you like use the, now, you start capitalizing on. So so now, okay, so now are you trading these guys for veterans? I'm trading them for better players. I'm not saying you, it's a veteran, but are, better so, players, okay. yes. So would you if you're if you're the magic, are you trying to make a play for Paul George? Yes. If you're the magic, are you now okay, if that's the case, then the Aiton thing makes a little bit more if sense. I can get Fred Van Vliet and free agency, a Paul George trade in Aiton with Ben Carroll and Franz Wagner. I think you now have a team poised for a championship. It's not happening. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a wait, wait a minute. It's not happening. Wait a minute. It's not poised, poised for a what? A championship. They're gonna be fighting for something. They ain't fighting. They ain't fighting to make it out the play-in. They 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 better, they better at least get to the second round of the playoffs. Champion, they championship. They got they got to do something. Ch- I'm not saying they win a championship, but I mean that's the mentality you gotta have. Jared, Jared, you have a championship. Are you you can't just say just say a play just play a playoff spot. Say a playoff All spot. Right, playoff spot. I'm I'm thinking, man, you gotta go deeper than title playoffs. is like upper echelon teams. Van Vliet, Paul George, Van Carroll, and Aiton is not an upper echelon team. It's good enough in the East to go to at least the conference finals. We just seen the Heat do it. Okay. We just seen the Heat do it. Okay. That roster or that start five is still better than the Heat start five. I'm just putting that out there. It's better. It's wide better. It's a lot better. Like, it's just, I'm just throwing it out to you. Okay. I'm, like, if we just okay. say player for player, ball for ball, I think okay. it's better. Okay, okay. Please, just. That leap from not even making the play in five minutes ago to fighting for a championship was, Whoa, was with too the, much for me to handle. With the NBA two K, with the NBA two K trades we just made, well, I, I would hope that this team would win some games and do something. Some we, games, we, yeah. A we, title. We just, we just transformed this below average poverty team into an all star team. Don't you disrespect the Orlando Magic? They're garbage. Don't, <laughs> you, dis- don't you disrespect? My new favorite team. With the roster, we with the star five we just made, oh, man, that team's getting an all-star appearance, an all-star game in the future with those five players. Don't you, don't you disrespect my new favorite team. Because, like, uh, hate, hate a, lot, a lot of people are hating all you want, saying, like, oh, free free agent leaders is, like, you know, Kyrie, James Harden, and then Fred Van Vliet, one of the next top-tier guys in fantasy. But Fred's a good player. Champion, 28 points. He just had, He's coming off one of the best seasons in his career. He's only 28. Like, mm-hmm. these are guys that – are good. And I'm like, a lot of teams are going to want these type of players. Like, Chris, there's free agents now that 
I can give you a couple of names. Would you tell me you'd want or hate on any team in particular? But Fred Van Vliet's a team you a guy would want, right? Right. Paul George, depending on how he's going, you'd want. Right. right. Kyrie Irving, you'd want. James Harden. Depends you'd want. on what depends on what you got around him. All right, James Harden. Yeah. Depends on what you got around him. Would you consider Jeremy Grant? Depends on what you have around him. So if you're the Kings, would you take Jeremy Grant? Yes. If you're if you're the Bucks and you had a chance, would you take Fred VanVleet if you had the money for him and you can get off Chris Middleton's contract? Uh, that's a down. That's a downgrade to me. You think so? I think Chris is. I don't know how I feel about Chris Middleton anymore. If Middleton, if Middleton is healthy, that's a downgrade. Now, if Middleton is not healthy, because they were just they were just ready to get rid of or not get rid of, but they were just ready to make a move for Bradley Beal. If you're the Heat, do you take Fred okay? Van Beal Beal versus Middleton is different than Beal versus Van Vliet. I'm sorry. Um, uh, I feel like, I feel like anybody Van with Giannis is just going to be vastly good. Yeah, because Giannis takes a lot of the pressure off, but. Because I, I just haven't seen, I haven't seen I Chris think, enough to say, oh, I think yeah, he Middleton, can still get it. I think Middleton complements uh, Antetokounmpo better than most would. I don't yeah. think Van Vliet would be. Van wings, Van, I feel like wings just have it easier when it comes to that. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, it's easier to fit a wing in than it is. Fred Van Vliet or Miami Heat. Yeah, it makes sense. Give him some offense. Give him like, some offense. Again, Kyrie could potentially be a Heat player now that they're out of the deal. Dame's I mean, if Kyrie, if Kyrie is going to be a good soldier, I mean that's very questionable. Like, and not even through any like he's not out here like doing what Zion did or whatever. Like he's not doing that, but he does. He does find he has a way of finding the wrong attention. Another name I'm gonna give you, Kyle Kuzma. Would you take Kyle Kuzma on a lot of teams? If you had this ability to pay a free agent, now mind yes. you, good let wing. me throw this out there. He's asking for $30 million a year. Okay. Good wing, solid contributor, would make less than Tobias Harris. Yes, I would probably take him. Draymond Green. Depends on what you have around him. So if you're the Lakers, would you no. take Draymond Green? No. Because that's the name that's been floated out there. The, pro- the, the, the name is being floated out there because of the connection to LeBron and you know, I think his desire to want to play in L.A., but Draymond's best – Draymond's at his best when he's a facilitator. LeBron's at his best when he's a facilitator. I think you make LeBron your point finally. I think you finally commit to LeBron being a point guard. Yeah, but what the hell you what the hell you got Draymond there for? Defense and when LeBron says something can facilitate again. You still got Austin Reeves and Schroeder. You got LeBron at the point. You still got Rui Hachimura. You still got Jared Vanderbilt. I, I, don't, I don't mean – I mean, I get – it makes sense, but – if I'm if I'm the Lakers, that's not my priority. Like I'm prioritizing a couple things over bringing Draymond. Would you prioritize Chris Paul before Draymond or Draymond before Chris Paul if you're the Lakers? Uh, Both options are kind of there. It looks like at this point in time. Draymond, just because you you get the extra rebounding and maybe a little bit of of extras that I don't think Chris Paul physically can give you on a nightly basis anymore. That's fair. Next. You have. I'm gonna give you both. We already mentioned his name for a second. You have Dylan Brooks and the ex. The guy I'm gonna compare him to or say who would you rather have? Josh Hart. Both are free agents. Both coming off pretty solid seasons. Both played for solid playoff teams. Just didn't you know get over the hump. Yeah. Who would um, you rather have? Of those guys, I'd rather have. 
I'd rather have Brooks because I think Whoa. I think Brooks's defense, like I, Brooks has, is not giving you a lot on offense. But Josh Hart really isn't giving you so much more on offense than he does defense. That Brooks isn't giving you straight off on defense. You get what I'm saying? Like Brooks's defensive value is way is higher than Josh Hart's combined value to a team. Now, it depends on the team. Like, him on the Knicks works because he's able to rebound. He's able to kind of mix it up. He can spell when Barrett and or Brunson are on the floor. Kind of fits a little bit, right? But if you put Brooks on the Knicks, yeah, you're not really – you. I mean, that's the kind of guy Tibbs would like. It's a, I mean, you don't – you don't got to worry about him taking shots because RJ going to take enough shots for the both of them. So I think his value would be slightly higher than Josh Hart's, but you can't really go wrong either way. I think also it depends on where you – like situational, obviously. I don't know. I think I'm taking Hart over Brooks. I just think like Hart's rebounding is such a huge thing. Defense, both Brooks didn't play good defense. Shooting-wise, they I think they're both the same shoot. I just think the usage rate has made it where – we take Dylan. We'll take Dylan Brooks because we've seen him hit what two, three threes in a game, but he's taking like five to six. Hart when he Hart hits two, it's a rarity because he's barely shooting two or three a night. Like when he does, we're like, oh snaps, he can cast these when he wants to, but he's not really shooting those threes, which is my issue. But I think just when it comes to all the intangibles, hustle, Hart. I think I, I would just I'll, I'll take Hart slightly, slightly over Dylan Brooks. Last question for all the Lakers fans. Chris, you, you, you signing Austin Reeves back? You paying him that bag that they all talking about giving him? I mean, who, I mean, if you're not going to pay him, what else you going to do? They got to let him walk. And you can't let him You can't let him walk. That's the next Alice Caruso. You can't let him walk. Can't let him walk. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, even though Caruso really ain't do nothing in Chicago. Oh, man. Chicago ain't do nothing in Chicago. Zach, we haven't talked about the Zach Levine at all. He might get traded in the, coming soon, too. It's another name that might be on the list of guys nope. we don't see on the Bulls. But don't worry. Vucevic will be there. Oof. That's good for them. That is good for them. Is it really? Is it really? So thank you all for listening to another episode of Straight to the Point. If you liked what you hear, please tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in. We're still a five-star rated podcast on iTunes, so we appreciate the love and feedback. And if you liked what you hear, leave us a review. Follow Straight to the Point on all your favorite socials at S-T-T-P podcast. Make sure you follow me at underscore Chris Cross. Follow me at underscore Jacob Hughes. Definitely more things come. Great episode as always. Oh, Chris forgot. Big shout out to the Hornets organization. You know, Michael Jordan has now been bought out as a majority owner, but he still gets to make the draft pick. So we'll see how that goes. One more. One more for Jordan to screw up. (laughs) 